Good Shepherd Sermon for Thursday, February 29th, 2024. Pastor Paul Talbert. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church and School is located in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, in the United States. Our mission is simple and bold. We seek to grow in faith and knowledge of our Savior Jesus. We want to make him known to others so they too might share in the joy Jesus won for them. Here's Pastor. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And today we're going to find out a little bit more about baptism. Uh, last time we found out that baptism is not just a sign, it's a sacrament, which means it's just something that God does for us. Uh, what does he do for us? Well, to understand that, we understand that, well, God is love. Everything he does for us is love. Well, how does God show his love for us? God shows his love for us that he sent his son to die for us who took our sins and came back to life again to assure us that our sins are gone. We've heard that. We know that. Uh, but sometimes it doesn't feel like love and when we're looking around in our life. Uh, I kind of liken it to when you're a child. Uh, well, everybody knows about the discipline. You know, I love you. This is why I have to do that. I'm not talking about that. That would be obvious. But what about the things that mom would do to make sure that you you're grow up healthy? I remember my mom would put out a plate of food for me to eat. It's wonderful. She has a little dessert over the side, some chocolate milk, awesome, steak and potatoes, cool, and then asparagus. Not my favorite. Are you sure you love me, Mom? Because you're five years old, six years old, you're wondering, is this love making me eat this? And she made me eat my asparagus or whatever the vegetable was at the moment. It's showing love to me because she was looking beyond the moment to something like, oh, when I'm all grown up, I'll be glad that I had those vegetables in my body and all the vitamins and things like that. Okay, all right, fine. Or what about dads? You know, it's a, I remember there's a beautiful day outside. Oh, dad, it's a, it's a Saturday. You don't have to go to work. Cool. Let's go across the street and play. And my dad would say, no. I have to be here. And he's working on the house, or he's working on the car. And, and it didn't feel like love. But he was preparing to make sure that the house was safe. I'd be protected from the elements, stay nice and warm, stay wet. No, stay dry when it rains. How cool is that? He was doing all that stuff behind the scenes so that I would benefit. But I felt ignored. And when I'm looking at that plate of asparagus, I'm feeling like mom just wants to torture me. But that's showing love. So how does God do that? God does that in different ways. So, so, you know, husbands and wives, we show each other love, right? We have, a, a husband might give flowers. A wife might say, oh, honey, and just give him a hug for no reason. Walking by the office, I ran into a letter addressed to pastor. Woo, nice letter. Smells really nice. I'm thinking we should read pastor's letter. Shall we read pastor's letter? So you're wondering, well, 
which pastor? You got two of them. Oh, wait a minute. You have a third. You have a retired pastor here. Which pastor is this for? Who is it from, pastor? Oh, who's it from? Well, this is from God. And he wrote it to a pastor that was one of his apostles by the name of Paul. And he told Paul to write that down and make sure he sent it to another pastor, a young pastor by the name of Titus. And then he says, oh, by the way, I want that letter to go to every pastor that ever comes up. And not just pastors. I want this to go to the people that the pastors serve. Huh. Okay. I can handle that. And what does he say? God, the one who saves. Oh, now we know pastor's in trouble. He needs saving, right? Yeah. The one who saves showed how kind he was and how he loved us by saving us from the punishment of sin. It wasn't because we worked to be right with God. It was because of his loving kindness that he washed our sins away. At the same time, he gave us new life. When the Holy Spirit came into our lives, God gave the Holy Spirit to fill our lives through Jesus Christ, the one who saves. And because of this, we are made right with God by his loving favor. Now we can have a life that lasts forever as he has promised. Whoa. So going back to the fact that pastor's in a heap of trouble because he needs a God who saves, and that this letter was not written to just one of your pastors, all the pastors on the planet of all time, and all of the people that they serve, what is it that causes the problem that God has to step into history. Well, that goes back to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve in the garden, remember they, God, they rebelled against God? And then Adam said, oh, we can hide. And Eve said, sure, let's hide. And they touch away from God. They don't want to be around God because they feel their sin and their guilt. And so they're running away from God. He's in the evening. He's walking in the evening. And they're trying to hide from him behind the trees in the garden, not knowing that God can see right there and that they're standing in a, a bunch of poison ivy because they don't know that yet because they are sinful now, dead on the inside. That is a mess of trouble. That's how we are born. We're told that Adam and Eve gave birth to children in their image, sinful through and through. And God says to them, he does not say, I'm going to kick you out and crush you and make your life miserable because you disobeyed me. No, no, no. The first thing he says is he talks to this Satan, this snake in the grass, and he says, you did this. You need to know something. I'm sending somebody born of a woman, and he's going to crush your head right there in the dust. You'll strike his heel, but you're gone. Then he turns to Adam and Eve, and he gives them the, the consequences of disobeying him. You and I serve a God who is set out to rescue us. In other words, he doesn't say, oh, you know, I've, I've been watching Ron. Ron, you're doing a pretty good job. Uh, you just need a little boost to get over the edge when you get to heaven. No, 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 he doesn't do that. He looks at all of us, and he says, you are all in a big 
heap of trouble. And there's no way you can get into heaven, so I will step in, and I will do it for you. And so he did. He lived in our place. He died in our place. It's kind of interesting how he says it. I love this part because he summarizes all Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John with one word. He says, when the kindness and the love of God toward mankind appeared. That's it. God kept his promise. He uses the word appeared, and now we know, oh, he's going back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, letting us know how Jesus suffered and died in our place. So now we have this great gift of God that he says, you're forgiven. And God in heaven says, this gift is yours. Well, how do I get that gift? I need to share something personal with you. My family always gets nervous when I say that. Donna right now is probably saying, Don, what are you going to share now? We still have up in our house, we both love it, a Christmas tree. So if you come over to our living room, you'll see a Christmas tree. We love to be reminded of this great gift in the season of the year called Christmas. What Donna doesn't know is that there is still a gift under that tree that's wrapped. So that gift does not benefit anybody, does it? It does not benefit. It's there. It's paid for. It's ready to be opened, but she just now found out it's there. My guess is after the church tonight, she'd go home, what is, where's that gift? And start to look for it. So God says, you know, I don't want you to have to worry about that. I will take this gift of forgiveness, complete, total forgiveness of all of your sins, and I'll connect it to something that's so common, you can find it wherever you are on the planet. I'll take my word, I'll connect it to water, and I'll wash you with the washing of water in the word, and I will connect you to myself and adopt you into my family. It's kind of like God says, at baptism, I create a time warp continuum, a little whoof, a portal. And so when you come to be baptized, I will take that water and connect it to you and throw it back in time to the cross where your Savior bled and died for your sins, every single one of them. Whoa. And that cord goes all the way back through time. Wow. Every sin. But that's not all. He sits that same water, and with another portal of time and space, he sends it forward past the resurrection to the great day when he's coming back to take us home to heaven. So we are connected to Jesus Christ, crucified and risen from the dead. So the amazing thing is that when God looks in this room, he looks in this room, he does not see your pastors as dirty sinners. He does not see you as dirty sinners. He sees his son, Jesus Christ, who paid for those sins and gave you himself completely restored and all of his holy works 
That's a mind-blowing truth that God connects to something so simple. Water in the Word. That has an effect on people, by the way. In fact, when he wrote this letter to Paul and told Paul to write it to Titus, and Titus shares it with all of us, listen to the effect it has. It was not because we worked to be right with God. It was because of his loving kindness that he washed our sins away. At the same time, he gave us new life when the Holy Spirit came into our lives. God gave the Holy Spirit to fill our lives through Jesus Christ, the one who saves. And because of this, we're made right with God. So, we are made right with God. Okay, I love that. But God's gift in baptism doesn't stop there. There's a word that he uses in the original language. It's called, we translate it as an heir, uh, meaning uh, someone who receives an inheritance from somebody. The cool thing about that is that the word heir comes from a, a, when, when the family gathers and they, they are hearing the will read and they hear what is being distributed to people. Uh, that happened in my family. And we were all gathered around. My brother read the will and, and we found out what my mom wanted to give to us with our names. That was a neat moment. So I don't want you to go away thinking that as an heir of God, you have this portion of God's uh, gifts to you. You have, you are the heir of eternal life. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You are an heir of Jesus Christ to whom you have been connected by God through baptism so that all of your sins are gone and eternal life is yours. Nothing's going to separate you. Remember? Nothing at all. Because God in his great love has rescued you. And that's how come your pastor got this letter. That's going to make sure it with you. But you need to understand something that even though I'm putting this in here, in this envelope, God made sure that you have this letter. Because we each need to hear that we need to hear this again and again. So sometime, you choose a time. You choose a place. God wrote you a letter. Now I know this letter is sometimes kind of big and cumbersome. We kind of get scared to read it. So in one of these letters in here, something called the Titus. It's just three pages long. Read that letter. It's written right to you so that you understand what it means when God says that he is the one who saves us. In his name, so let us live this week. Amen.